0: What's up, everybody? Harrison Van Riper here, back for another episode of Shadow Talk. This is a special Shadow Talk this week. Uh, We've got two guests, uh, but first sitting to my left here is uh, Rick Holland, our Chief Information Security Officer. Rick, how are you? Good. Good to be back on. So joining us today on the line are Jackie Lasky and Sarah Yoder from uh, from Mitre, from Mitre Attack, uh, who are both cybersecurity engineers. Uh, How are y'all doing today?
1: Doing well. Happy to be here. Same. Really glad we get to participate in this
0: podcast. Cool, so so typically for our guests, we like to start off with kind of like a, Rick likes to put it as like an origin story. Um, so- Because you're superheroes. Exactly. So, um, why don't, Sarah, why don't we start with you and just give us a little bit of background, um, you know, who you are, where, how you came to your current position and, um, and yeah, just kind of like a little background.
2: Sure. So, as you already mentioned, I'm a cybersecurity engineer at MITRE. I've been there almost two years now. Prior to that, I worked for the Department of Defense as an exploit analyst, so I learned a lot of red teaming-related skills in that position, and prior to that, I was in college where I got my Master's of Public Administration from um, California State University.
0: Awesome. That's, That's really cool. The government background thing is really cool.
2: Yeah, um, and so for me,
1: so I'm Jackie Lasky, I'm a cybersecurity engineer also at MITRE. So I've been here for two years now, um, and I kind of got into cybersecurity actually back in like high school. So I was on like this all-female cyber patriot team, and I really enjoyed the experience and learning kind of like what cyber entailed. You guys have probably heard of cyber patriot, a lot of people um, have heard of it. I think Sarah might have also participated in too. Um, But ultimately I decided to study computer science when I went to George Mason. Um, because I felt like it kind of provided me with more of the skills that I would need to be able to do sort of whatever I wanted in tech so I could work in cyber I could work in other things along like down the way. So um, yeah, that's kind of like where I got my interest in like tech in general. Um, and then throughout college, I did a couple different internships working in like cybersecurity. So um, interning with the government and a couple other contractors and um, yeah, basically decided to do that.
0: that's awesome. So, so I guess what, what brought both of you, um, in that sense to, what attracted you to MITRE? Like what, what is it about MITRE that kind of, um, made you want to work there?
2: Yeah. So, um, when I was looking for a new job after my time at the DOD, um, I knew a couple of alumni from my school that worked at MITRE. So I kind of reached out to them initially to get some background, kind of an insider scoop, if you will. And so as I started looking more into them, I really liked that they, work in a wide variety of projects to help the public interest. And um, so I found that really important because I feel like the work that we do kind of matters and has an impact.
1: Um, and for me, I pretty much so, I um, actually interned with MITRE before I came on full time. So I heard about them kind of through word of mouth through someone in my com- in my class at school. And then I applied and I came on to their like adversary emulation team and they kind of got me like, started right in attack and doing work with attack. So I kind of got a lot of exposure early on to that. Um, and I really liked the work that I was doing. I like that MITRE is really research-based. So, like, if you have, like, a tool or something that you want to build, like, you can get funding and start working on it. And I think in a lot of other roles that I had offers for that were similar, um, it was more like you just do this one type of job, and then that's kind of what you do. So, I wanted to be in, like, a role that I could be more, like, creative and flexible and try to, like, I don't know, build, like, ideas and stuff and bring them to, to fruition, basically. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, totally. you current roles right now are a little bit different than you know, what we would traditionally have on the show being engineers, right? Typically we have a lot of analysts and a lot of, um, you know, kind of like DFIR people. Obviously y'all are very close to that, but y'all come at it from a more, I guess, more of a technical angle uh, rather than specifically on the analysis side. Is that, is that accurate or?
2: So for me, I appreciate you saying that you think I'm an engineer and very technical. (laughs) So I think I actually tend to be more on the analyst side. Um, my first position on the attack team Uh, along with Jackie, was reading open source reporting and finding the behaviors in that, which I think is more of an analytical skill. Um, But like Jackie mentioned, when we had an idea of creating a tool to like, you know, automatically do that, that I know we'll get into later, um, it was cool to be able to apply some technical skills to that problem, grow in those skills, and make something hopefully useful to people.
1: Yeah, and for me, I think I'm probably not as much on the analyst side, more of like the technical background. So um, I studied computer science in school. Um, I had a couple different internships doing like data analytics, cybersecurity, and machine learning. So I kind of like got like the introduction to like what could be possible to automate certain things with like text. Um, Cause I did a couple different projects working with, you know, different like text um, corpora and stuff to be able to like analyze them and, you know, solve problems and stuff. So I think my approach was maybe a little more rooted in like the technical background, but just from my degree and background experience. So, but yeah. So I think working together, we were able to create something really great,
2: which is awesome. So,
0: gotcha. That's perfect. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think that's a good, that's a good origin story. Um, good background. Uh, so all of us were recently at, uh, up in Virginia at the San CTI Summit. Um, you both presented on tram, which is kind of what we'll talk about a little bit today. Um, project that both of you have been working on. Why don't, why don't we get sort of a little bit of a background as to what Tram is and what are some of the things that, you know, what are some of the goals that the project was uh, kind of designed to address?
2: So on the attack team, in order to get information onto the site, that requires you know, myself, Jackie, other team members to read open source reporting from others and find the behaviors in that. And so... This is a really time consuming process that we learned pretty quickly as we were getting into it, because a lot of techniques are um, kind of how I'd like to describe, you have to read between the lines, if you will, in order to figure out what's going on. Plus there's currently, I think 266 techniques, which is a lot to remember. (laughs) So trying to figure out, you know, where maybe a certain paragraph aligns with is, you know, a really big challenge. And so as we started, Thinking about attack and wanting to keep it up to date, we didn't feel like it was um, something that could be scaled easily, right? We're kind of two people plus a couple others, but you know, more than two to five reports come out every day on new malware and groups and mm-hmm. campaigns, you know, that are happening, and so that kind of led us to start looking at, okay, how can we save time in mapping reports to attack? And so, initially, again, this is probably about a year ago that. This started, and we started getting some time to carve off to, you know, like fix this problem. And so I, I was like, well, we could maybe capture some of the easy techniques just with regex and some, you know, kind of fuzzy string searching. And so that's where we initially started. We came up with the techniques where um, spear phishing, generally, that's how it's described in the report. And so I was like, okay, that's at least a good start, right? We can at least get some of the easy ones. Um, and then from there, um i'll pass it over to jackie because that's when we started to realize that that didn't that also didn't scale it it helped save some time but not a lot um but then jackie was able to find um, some natural language processing code to apply to this problem
1: yeah so eventually like like she said we won. we were starting with the idea of just like searching for like you know the techniques in the reports and stuff to kind of like help kind of get us started somewhere but i mean the way people describe techniques and reports can be really different so we knew that we needed to find a way to essentially tag um, these sentences to the attack technique but like basically train it off the data that we've already tagged in attack so we knew that we could find a way to do this using machine learning or something or some natural language processing because people solve these kind of problems all the time. Like so yeah it was something that we just we didn't have a lot of background in but we had some like experience initially with starting. So we wanted to kind of go into that more. And like Sarah said, MITRE is really research based. So like this started in only like 10 or 20% of our time. So we didn't know if it was going to actually work out or if it was going to like you know fail. Like we didn't really know how it was going to happen, so um, it was really taking like a little bit of a risk, but not too much risk because it was like a still a small percentage of our time. But um, the fact that we got to succeed from it was really cool, and um, we're getting to talk about it now too publicly and open sourced our project and stuff. Like it's definitely
2: really cool. So, Jackie, maybe you could talk to like the actual NLP models that we decided to use for this, and like
1: yeah, so, know, kinda, like some of
2: the background of the tool.
1: Yeah, so we. Um, we're using more of like we started with a couple different options we started with natural language processing to kind of like get the data all cleaned and into like a good structure and like from the attack set from the attack site and then we ended up using logistic regression which is a supervised learning classification method yeah so how it works is basically you give it a labeled a, da- a labeled data set and um, how it would work is it would go through and it would train on the like for our example the attack techniques that it's learned um, and then you would give it an unlabeled data set and it'd be able to basically make predictions and generate predictions on that unseen data. So it'll have a sentence that it knows is like, I don't know, spear phishing attachment or something. And then hopefully you can give it a sentence that isn't labeled with spear phishing attachment, but it could predict that it is based on the um, techniques that it's learned from in the past. Mm-hmm. So basically just, that's at a really high level kind of describing what it is.
3: How, but, um, yeah. When you look at the model that you're using, I'm, I'm sure you do the automated translation, if you will. Um, and then maybe you check it manually, like how, how much, how effective are you? 50% you're able to automatically map, like what, where do you see the success rate today?
1: The success rate of like the prediction analysis, or I would say that's, I think it was around like 60 to 65%, but we don't have a model for every attack technique though, because some techniques don't have a lot of data or examples in our site. So for those ones, it's kind of more like a case by case basis. And I think we, we still had some rejects, Sarah might know better than I do if we have like some similar word matching for ones that we don't have a machine learning model for. But we don't have one for every single tag technique because you need to have data to be able to train on. So if they don't have any examples, then sure, it's kind of like you can't really do much with it. So
0: Yeah, I mean, for a for a new tool, you know, kind of like a V1 sort of thing, um, I think mm-hmm. 60, 65% is really, mm-hmm. really good. Um, and I mean, just to go back to touch on your point of, you know, this was kind of designed to scale and reduce, you know, time spent on analysis and time mm-hmm. spent on, on I searching mean, for attack techniques. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean <laughs> the like whole that,
1: referencing and going back and forth like yeah. takes a lot of time. Yeah, so.
0: exactly. So and I mean that's something that we've talked about on the show before, just how can you prioritize your time and what are what are different tools and techniques that you can use from an analyst perspective to kind of, you know, sift through the mountains of data that everybody has. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean it sounds like this would be a great tool to to kind of use. So is it I guess one of my questions that you covered within the presentation, but maybe not everybody might know about, but um, the, I guess the public aspect of it. So like it it is released, it's open sourced on online. Um, Am I able to bring this into kind of my organization and read reports and have kind of outputs based on my own reports or is it only from kind of external third party vendors?
1: Yeah, I think currently right now it's just supporting, like, open source, like, reports. So, like, if you did a URL, but um, I know we are in the works of trying to create it so that you can add your own reports, either from, like, your local machine or, like, if you have a PDF or, like, a text report or doc report, like, you'd be able to add those in. Um, but you should be able to work the tool on your local machine and be able to run it. So being able to get an output based on the reports that you have. Um, but um, I don't know, Sarah, do you know if we've actually, like, implemented the... PDF, we haven't
2: implemented those yet, right? So, right, so, yeah. Um, yeah, so, as you kind of mentioned, yeah, we, we consider this, like, v0.1, really, <laughs> like, kind of, we're in, like, that beta yeah. early stage, <laughs> um, and so, currently, yeah, like Jackie mentioned, it's, again, right now, it's only a publicly accessible URL, however, we realize that most people want to put this in their, you know, private environment, use their internal mm-hmm. reporting that doesn't get shared with the public, so that's definitely on our to-do list and something that we're working in. And so, yeah, the goal would be that once it's in a more mature state, that you would be able to put it in your environment, have it work with maybe your um, CTI platform or your Mm -hmm. tip or, you know, other tools as well, since we're trying to make it very flexible and um, easy to, you know, integrate with other things. Mm -hmm. And that way it, it, yeah. You don't have to use a URL. Yeah, you can maybe point it at a, d- a directory of where all your threat reports go, or like I said, maybe your zip yeah. or something like that,
1: or an RSS feed or something. Yeah.
2: Exactly cool. right. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So that's definitely kind of in the works, and um, so hopefully in the next few months, can you can
3: you give a guaranteed date of when that <laughs> functionality will be available?
2: <laughs> I yeah. That's, uh, you know, February yeah. oh, thirty nice, nice first. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. I think if I put if I put my CISO hat on and I look at our own incident response activities, being able to have a private repo map to attack would be very useful uh for me internally. Sure. This also came up at the CTS. Some mm. of people were asking us this, this same question. But even even just being able to do the public stuff and you could scale up and we could have a lot more and we could share a lot more information about how adversaries because every single including us every single research group out there is publishing this sort of stuff out there there's no shortage of it day. so you know even yeah. just in the sense that it is today is still very useful because we've done a lot, um, fo- folks on the photon research team, our, 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 research group have done a lot of manual mappings whenever an indictment comes out, you know, the Muller mm-hmm. indictment, we were mapping that to attack. And so probably not at the same scale that, that, that <laughs> your team, that we
2: had to, yeah. your, so I
3: guess I won't, I won't, I won't complain about that. You guys <laughs> have done far more than us, but yeah, it's a significant amount of effort. Yeah. Um, I, I think, how do you think you account for some of the things that we've had conversations about is, okay, where does this exactly fit in attack? Because it, I think there's some great areas in different techniques. How do you, how do you try to reconcile that? Or maybe it's a future reconciliation with kind of tram and doing it automated when there are some great areas that could apply in different uh, parts of the framework.
1: like before we had TRAM, we had two different analysts usually look at a report. So we'd have like one go through, review, find all the attack techniques that they did. And then we'd have another analyst go through and like check and make sure like those techniques that we found were correct and we had to agree on them. So TRAM is just kind of essentially cutting that one person out. Now it's like you would only hopefully need like just one person to review it. Like it'll make that decision and then you can have an analyst just review that and kind of go from there instead of two analysts reading the report and going through it and making two different decisions so mm-hmm. hopefully it'd be like a little bit faster and easier than doing that
0: that makes sense yeah <laughs> no no i mean i i was actually working through a scenario in my head where tram would be really useful for the indictment specifically if you could just get like a feed of all the indictments and then just run tram against all of the indictments that like are publicly yeah, available just get the
3: department of justice yeah
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> rss feed uh, and ingest and then just yeah pull out anything like that so and those I, are
1: long, too. I think I had to do... Yeah, I remember reading one indictment. I was like, this is, this is intense. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. Well, there's a couple couple things. Like, how can you contribute? Um, you know, because at CTS Summit, there's a lot of questions, and I think you guys did a really good job in the Q&A, and were asking if people wanted to contribute to the project. So if you want to get involved, you know, what, what, what should you do?
2: Definitely. So because it is an open-source project, we would love pull requests. So um, people have great ideas and features, and so if that's something that you can, you know, do for us and then contribute back to the community, that would be a huge help. Um, Aside from that, as it does start to get more mature and more accurate and even easier to use, we also um, hope to see a future where this is a tool that enables people to contribute to the framework. So we often, because we're a community-driven project, you know, we rely on people saying, hey, you don't have this malware, you know, on the site. I've mapped some reports for you, you know, can you, can you get that information in? And so, um, you know, we want, people to continue doing that. And we hope that Tram provides like an easier, even easier way to do that where they could be like, Hey, I ran it, you know, through these tools, here's your sources, nice little table kind of format. (laughs) And that way we can get that information on the, you know, on the website for everybody. Um, As well as I would hope um, maybe this is uh, too optimistic, but you know, we see a lot of the big vendors um, that are sharing open source reports already mapping to attack. Some do it better than others, and so we hope that instead of having those analysts spend time doing this, run it through, you know, our tool and be able to have more of that data already in the reports for other people when they're reading them as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, literally, when we, when when y'all were giving your talk, um, I texted Rick, and I was like, we can use this, <laughs> like, right now.
3: <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it's a great tool. Um well, well, I think what I, what excites me about attack in general, it, well, in some ways, I'm wondering when we're at RSA here in three weeks. You know, attack has oh, right. kind of got attack has got into the buzzword vendor marketing land, but you know that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think it's really made a difference for the community when you know when we had the, uh, Iran. I was thinking back of all the craziness of last month, but we started off with the tension between the U.S and I ran, but you could immediately go to attack and look up APT 33, APT 34 and get information. And, you know, before attack, you didn't have a way for people to do that. That weren't, Mm -hmm. you know, sophisticated shops that were being targeted, or it was, it was an IR shop that was doing consulting. So I think that attack's a great thing because it's, you know, lowered the barrier of access to these techniques that adversaries are using. And then when I put my CISO hat on and I look at um, threat models and who's likely to target me as a, as a, you know, cybersecurity technology vendor. You know, being able to use something like Attack is is useful. And if you're not, you know, we have more mature capabilities on the vendor land. We're not perfect for sure because I have same some of the same struggles that others do. But if, you know, you're a a, a much smaller company, you're not a Fortune two thousand. Like Attack is gives you information that you would not otherwise be able to get, or you'd have to pay for it and you can't do mm-hmm. it. So, you know, I'm a big fan of Attack in general, despite you know what some of the vendors have have done to it. And now I think. With a tool like Tram, it helps you scale it up. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can capture yeah. more and share even more information out. Uh, so you get larger sample sizes for the data and things like that. So I, I think it's an exciting project. And you know, when we saw the, uh, the, the CFP come in and we were reading about that, we just thought it was a, a great talk. And I think you guys did a, a great job with it. I would be very open to uh, a V2 of this talk <laughs> next year um, to show the progress of, 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 (laughs) of where you've gone. So keep that in the back. Yeah. I'll be following up with you guys come July timeframe when we start the 2021, uh, conference planning. Oh gosh. (laughs) (laughs) No pressure.
0: Yeah. No pressure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and, and just to, to take your comments about like from the vendor side of things, I think also from the community side of things, right. I mean, when I was a student, I mean, it was a little bit before like, attack became, like, a really, really big thing. But it was so useful to have something that was just there in an easy-to-read format, freely available from a community learning perspective. um, I I mean, it's kind of invaluable in my mind. Like, it's just so useful. Awesome. Well, yes, we look forward to the next talk as well. (laughs) Got to start planning. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, We will have, I think the presentation is available on the SANS site right now.
3: Yeah, the uh, SANS the, uh, yes. Cyber Security the slides, Summit. Right. Yep, The PDFs are there. And then, unfortunately, although I think we're trying to change this within SANS, they take quite some time to post a video sure, up. Right. A couple months. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I think one year it took six months for my talk to get published. Mm. So, But at least um, the slides are yeah, on there. Yeah, the PDFs are there. And then the GitHub is github.com slash miter attack slash tram. And we'll put that, in, yeah. we'll link out in the show notes to both the SANS talk and into the github page as well (laughs) yes for sure
0: that was going to be my my point is that everything's available online and we'll link to it all in the show notes as well as um the blog that we put out with these with Mm -hmm. these podcasts um all right so moving on a little bit from tram let's talk about the summit in general um this is something that Rick's obviously passionate about and been running for a long time. Um, This year was my first time to actually attend, so it was really cool. Um, What did you both enjoy the most about uh, the summit this year? Good
2: question. So, um, no, I think, I guess it's always just cool to see how cyber threat intelligence can be interpreted and applied in so many different ways, right? There's a variety of talks that were from how to write good reports that I found very enjoyable to, you know, how people are using common kind of spyware type things, right, for malicious purposes. So I think I just enjoyed the variety of of talks that that conference puts out.
1: Yeah, I would say probably the same for me. Um, Obviously, the first day I was mostly just focused on like, oh, my gosh, we have to talk today. Like, I'm not a big public speaker. So like for me, it gives me a lot of anxiety, but um, it's good to be pushing myself out of my boundaries. But um, yeah, so that first day I was going to focus on that. And the second day, I really enjoyed the talk by, um, I think it was the CEO of, of Drago's. um,
3: Oh, Rob. Robert Lee Rob, yeah
1: yeah I love this talk on attribution because I'm actually working on another like sponsor project that's doing stuff with that like I don't know that kind of space so it was really interesting to be able to apply like that to like my actual like role at MITRE too so um, being able to take away things that are actually useful for like our work was really cool and like Sarah said the variety of the talks too so like a lot of the same things I really enjoyed the one on how to write your own threat report, like write your threat reports and the importance of like even things like spelling or like other like things like that like you wouldn't yeah. even really like think about but um yeah so i really enjoyed pretty much that yeah
3: i will say it is much easier to present on day one because having yeah. presented on day one and day two at cti summit
1: then you yeah, yeah. like you're done with your talk
3: and then you're done and then yep. you can actually be a regular enjoy. attendee yeah. exactly we
1: could just enjoy the second day which was yeah the nice. anxiety
3: because i get i mean you, you were talking about anxiety i'm nervous every i mean I've, harrison i'll talk about it. i get nervous before every single uh talk in fact i'll use my um Same. my apple watch <laughs> my my children call it the breathing game but they have the the little star that goes up and and down. I'll use that to try to to get get one of those. (laughs) Um, No, I have found focused breathing for about a minute. Yeah. Um, is pretty helpful for me before I go on. Do you like all the reminders though that, that pop up every single two seconds? No, (laughs) Even, Even when I disable it and tell it to leave me alone, it still comes back.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I, I don't have to do, I didn't have to deal with any of that this year. I just was an attendee. attendee. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. What about, so, I mean, actually going back to your point about the, that that writing presentation, I I feel like there was an abnormally large amount of people who were like, that was such, that was a like really solid presentation. Um, it, it, it got
3: some of the highest scores. I don't, the I don't conference. know.
0: If, I don't know if it was just it was the fact that it was like a different approach or
3: or what, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed that one as well. This is Lenny's talk, um, yeah, which we talked about on a previous podcast when mm-hmm. we were doing a summary of the of the summit itself.
1: He was a SANS instructor too, right?
3: Yeah, he's the. Yeah, he's, he's a, been around for a long time. He's pretty awesome. He's you know a malware <laughs> reverser, who's
2: mm-hmm.
3: I forgot the which course it is at SANS, but he's got one of the more technically challenging. Classes where, like, by day three, I think a lot of people will wash out or be like, Whoa, I took the wrong one. (laughs) I saw him, first time I saw him was here at B Sides DFW, probably eight years ago. He did a a one hour malware analysis course, which is really good. And then he's become a CISO. He's been in vendor land, product management, came at CISO about six months ago. So he and I will kind of share notes on, mm-hmm. you know, being a, a cybersecurity vendor CISO, which is, you know, just the, like... The trials and tribulations. Yeah, exactly. He's a good dude. I like I like Lenny a lot. He's super smart. I feel yeah. very <laughs> not smart when I'm around him. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: I think the talks from the people that were like SANS instructors were the ones that really resonated with me. I think it was just like their style of like presentation really helped too because they're so comfortable like, you know, teaching things. Like the way they did their, their talk was almost like a kind of like a guided... I don't know, like teacher, instructor kind of format. Like a class sort of thing. Like a class. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So I think that's because I think the um, Robert Lee was also a Santa instructor, too. So yeah, yeah, those are really cool.
0: Awesome. So what about um, and just to wrap up the kind of summit talk, were there any like key takeaways that you had maybe either from a presentation or just from the event in general um, that you kind of took away from the from the summit?
2: Yeah. So for me, I guess. Yeah. Overall, kind uh, of conference takeaway is that CTI is hard. And, <laughs> yeah, and, you know, everybody's kind of struggling with it in one way or another. And so I guess, you know, helps at least me feel like we're not alone in this problem right. and that there's other people trying to work to solve it too. Um, and so, yeah, just seeing everybody's different approach to that problem was nice. But I appreciated the community of like, all right, we're all in the trenches here together. Like let's try to you know, make things better. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed.
0: All right. Well, thank you, Jackie and Sarah for joining us. Um, we will have links to everything within the show notes. Uh, definitely check out their presentation on tram and, uh, thank you both for joining us today. Yeah, thank
3: you.
2: Bye.